Calliope's now fixed life in small town Maine for us after reading his column this week in the Sun Journal, which for some reason I still can't find online. If I could only do that, we'd all be better off, but I'm quite incapable. I'm I'm merely a voice in the wilderness. That's that's what I assumed, in the wilderness, that's for sure. Is Scott County still going strong? Oh, yeah. I mean, when it stops raining, the the play. Well, softball played last night. Baseball may not play for a week at this rate because, like, there's going to be thunderstorms every day. The things get backed up. And every time it happens, so. But yes, uh, softball ranked number one in the state. Baseball ranked number two, according to the coaches' polls. So, gonna go for the double this year. Ooh, fancy! Well, I'm I'm glad that you're just you know we've actually had a pretty good stretch of weather here over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, I mean it, we had a nice stretch last week, and then it just got back into the uh, sunny for sunny for an hour, rain for five minutes, sunny again for an hour, you know, poor like. Uh, we need an arc for 10 minutes, sunny again for an hour. <laughs> I love how people always used to complain about Maine weather and act like, yeah, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It's Kentucky exactly the same thing. In terms of that, I mean, as far as precipitation in the summertime, that's uh, spring and summer. That's for sure. <laughs> so um, uh, quite, a, quite a controversial column uh, today. Apparently, uh, apparently yeah, everyone I mean, wants I to read it. Because people read what they want to read. I mean, there's people, you know, now Ryan Palmer has to tell everybody he's not leaving. I never said he was leaving. I don't know why people would have got that that from it. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so it is what it is. But, um, I certainly, certainly stand by the sentiment that uh, things are not good up there right now in terms of uh, the, the sports climate, which is sad. It really was only yesterday that they were the... They were the powerhouse and everything, and it just goes to show how in life uh, these things can unravel quickly if you don't uh, if you don't take care of them. Whether it's your health, whether it's your community's health, uh, it, you're only uh, you're only a heartbeat away from some bad stuff sometimes. It is uh, it is amazing there, you know that uh, you knew when when they mentioned not having the JV program, it would it would hurt them, and then you know just not having that there. I, I, I think even with Palmer's fundraising efforts, which definitely set up enough to to have an actual team, it, it it still. I mean, by that time, kids have already like they've already mentally moved on. Yeah, a hundred percent, and that's that's just it. It's it's not. I mean, moving losing a JV program won't just hurt your program; it will kill your program. Uh, it, it may take longer if you've been as successful as baseball has and as successful as boys basketball has. But within a year or two, like you said, uh, there's no incentive for freshmen to, to, to come back and play. I mean, they're, they're already out of the loop. There, there's really no avenue for them to play on an organized level for a year or two. And, you know, are they supposed to come back and be ready as juniors to compete? No. So unless they're, unless they're playing out of the gate, and then the starting lineup, you're, you're not going to get them back. So within two years of doing something like that, your numbers are going to be in, in a dire situation. But do you miss the split twin 150s at Oxford Plain Speedway is really the big question. <laughs> I don't miss anything about Oxford Plain. Uh, okay, all right, I just want to double check. I, I never that. dreamed that, that day would come either. Yeah. And maybe that's another example of how yeah. let up and go it can unravel in a hurry. But when I left there in 2009, I missed it for like two weeks. And then it's like, man, I don't care if I go back. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes the cure for something, for a for a habit or a passion, is getting intimately involved in it and working in it. And that's what happened there. Uh, <laughs> over the course of five years, I got my fill, and that was it. 
I, that makes a lot of sense, you know. If you really want to get yourself, maybe I should, you know, maybe we should go work at a cake factory or something. Hey, I could, yeah, you know, go work, go work at a donut shop, and you'll never want donuts. Again. Drinker always, you know. <laughs> See, I talked to, I, I talked to, um, uh, uh, um, I, I've talked to people that work in places. I'm like, how do you eat here without? Uh, how do you work here without like gaining so much weight? And they're like, oh, you just get used to it after a while, and then you, you're just not into it anymore. So I really think that's what it is. I think you I start just hating to, the smell. I, I think, think I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna retire from radio, and I'm gonna start working in a bakery, and then I'm not gonna want any baked goods ever again. I think that's really, honestly, that's the way with it. I mean, it will, it would be that way in my career. I think the saving grace is that when you cover high school sports, you get kind of a new group of kids every couple of mm -hmm. years, yeah. and that kind of keeps yeah. you fresh and everything. Like, you know, people say, well, I mean, do you ever want to cover pro sports? No, because I, I think it would be, the sameness would just drive me nuts. Um, and, and where, you know, you're covering kids, uh, you, mostly they play as juniors or seniors, and then they're, then they're gone, and you start over with a new group, and it's a new it's new stories and new human interest, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, but I think it's true with just about anything else. Yeah, after a while, you're like, man, <laughs> I could do without this. All the time. Every Kelly, time. I, I liked your uh, your article. Um, sports in a community, it's it's so complicated. People, you know, I, sometimes yeah. it's that coach that you talked about that it's kind of the Pied Piper that everybody wants to play. They start when they're little saying, you know, blah, 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 I want to play and, mm -hmm. and so on. Sometimes it's uh, been a tradition in the town, no matter who the coach is, you know, over 50 right. years, it's uh, whatever. But it's that commitment to somebody's got to coach the youth program. Somebody's got to make sure the fields are capped. It's all that stuff. And, I've I've discussed this with uh, a couple of the people that I know at Deerago. You could see this coming. Their enrollment has dropped. Right. It's being it's harder for them to compete. And I understand they want to have their own school, but Mountain Valley's going through the same thing. And yeah, Mountain Valley been. went through it before they. I mean, yeah, Mountain I mean, Valley's they, athletic fortunes. Were oh yeah. Five gone. five ten years ago. Now they've they've gone back up a little bit, but very incrementally. They're not obviously where they were in the early 2000s when they were when they were dominant in a lot of sports and, yeah. and i you know there's a lot of factors with them too when they were a class b team they had to they had to play some of the, the heavy hitters and even even when their enrollment went down it didn't go down enough in some sports so they were you know even if they got to the playoffs yeah they were the smallest team in the division stuff right, like that then right. then for a while they were the they stayed up a class when they could have been down I think that was a pride thing, you know, them and well. You know, and, and, you know, it's easy to look around and say, well, combining hasn't really helped Jay and Livermore. And, you know, it, you know if you want to make the case to keep Deerigo on its own because of that, okay, I get that. But there, there comes a time when you almost, you're almost compelled to do it because it, the enrollment's only going to continue to go down, okay? They, People aren't going to start moving into a place where there are no jobs within a 10, 15, 20-mile radius. I mean, you know, the, you know not, not, a, not a wealth of them. I mean, people are just relocating south. That's why you've seen Falmouth. That's why you've seen Scarborough. They, they've become Class A programs, and they've become powerhouse Class A programs. And this trend is not going to change. I mean, Stearns and Skank, they, they're holding out, too. They don't want to merge, but they've had to go co-op in a lot of sports, and you know, I think that. That moment may come in the Sun Journal's neck of the woods uh, before much longer because the same trends are starting to, to happen there. 
Well, I think you know, and you make a good point. That any of these things, it takes so many things to make a program successful. And if any one element is taken out of the engine, <laughs> it, it can fall apart in a hurry. You know, you need all those people and all those elements to be successful. And it's not just any one thing. It's not just removing a JV program, although that's certainly the tip of the iceberg, I think. Uh, the, and the other factor that, you know, a lot of times people hold sports hostage, okay, when there's a budget issue, you know, and, and, and there's people that look at sports as just, you know, extracurricular activity. Whereas I think those of us who've been involved in sports a long time certainly see it as a, an integral part of the educational process, and we understand how important it is, but it's hard to convey that to some people. And it's easy to use sports as a thing while well, we can slash that, or, or you know, and... and and that stems from the bigger issue that people don't want to pay for this stuff after their own kids have gone through the program, by and large. You know, people will squawk at even the smallest uh, <laughs> increase in their property taxes sure. to fund your, uh, your school's budget if they don't have any kids immediately impacted by it. And that's the short-sighted thing. And I get it, okay? I'm as conservative as, as it gets. I understand People's pennies are stretched beyond belief up there, uh, and it takes it takes a lot to keep this stuff afloat. But I think when you just willy nilly say, "Okay, we're going to get rid of it," um, it does a it does a detriment to, to the kids and the community. I I I think the other thing that we always overlook, and I you know me, I love sports like you do, uh, is. A couple of small schools like that that are that are having trouble. Two things: it's wicked expensive hmm. to run a small school, and you can't offer the academic programs that you really would like to be able to offer um, because you don't. You, you it's, financially doesn't work. You can't have two kids in a calculus class with a teacher. You can't afford to right. do that. No. Now, if Mountain Valley, let's just use them as an example. Mountain Valley's got four. Okay, six or seven, it's almost feasible then, and you share it, and and and, and whatever. And if you, it, but if you combine the schools, then they're already there. You you can make it work. So that's my other yeah. reason for looking at those schools like Stearns and and Skink and whatever is. I'm not sure what you're protecting anymore because I I think at some mm-hmm. point you're hurting kids. <laughs> well, and it's just. It, it, it even looks silly when you have a school physically that's the size of Mountain Valley or Stearns that could easily hold a thousand plus kids. Oh, yeah. I can imagine walking around in there must feel like a you know you're in a tomb <laughs> when you have a hundred and hundred and seventy kids at Stearns or or three hundred and fifty kids at Mountain Valley. I mean, there's just so much space that's going to waste that the taxpayers you know maybe maybe they've already paid for over and over again. I don't know, but. And then you got then you got maintenance. You know they've got all kinds of maintenance issues in Mount Valley to keep that building alive and, and keep it updated. You know, is, is it worth doing it when you only have X number of kids from your own town there, sure. and when you could easily combine with with a neighboring? I don't know what the answer is. I know people are protective of their name and their tradition and all that stuff that we talk about in sports and all that stuff that we value. But there comes a time when you know, you got to look at the big picture. And, it, again, it doesn't take long for this trend to, to set in. And, and, and you know, if you put it off, you're, you're only doing a, a disservice for a longer amount of time. You know, when you look at a building like Mountain Valley that is huge now, and they did have over 1,000 kids at one time, back when it was built, there was not 
uh, regional heating. You know, you couldn't heat this wing and not heat that wing. I mean, you heat the whole school. And that's one of the problems they're having with maintenance and whatever. If you try to keep one part of the building really cool, you run into frozen pipes and all the other junk. You know, the other thing, Callie, that I like to use when I go to the budget meetings here in in Turner Legion Green where I live is when you look at the per-pupil expenditure for each kid. I had two kids. If I had to pay that by myself, I couldn't afford to send my kids to school. It's too expensive. You know, it's, well, right now it's $10,000 a year per per kid. So I got two kids, $20,000. I can't do that. So I want to thank all of you for helping me put my kids through school. And now my kids are grown up. I I remember how much you helped me. I'm willing to help you. And I think that's that whole community thing again. And it, it goes to education as well as the sports. What are we all going to do for all of us and for all our kids? And I worry that sometimes in America we, we lose some of that. Yeah, and you're you're exactly right, and that's a good way to that's a good way to convey that point to people. Now, whether or not they hear the message is another thing. Um, <laughs> and you know, I get it. I get that it's hard. I get that uh, that that jobs uh, are not plentiful, and pay has been stagnant, and the cost of living has gone through the roof, especially in that part of the country. Um, but uh, there comes a time when you got to <laughs> say, "Well, look, this is." This is the future, you know. As cliche as that is, these kids are are the ones going to be taking care of the, you know, minding the store here in twenty or thirty years. And what are we what are we giving them to get ready for it? Yeah, you know, hard time typically. You know, that's a good way to do it, yeah. right? Just give them a hard time. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to go. <laughs> make them make them struggle for every penny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Make them uh, make them grind. Make, they'll be paying off the debt for a yeah. while. Make them make them earn it and know it. You know. Make, make them have bake sales to keep the JV program. I get it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, especially because what we need is more sugar, right? So we need to be guilted into buying poor food to keep the children playing sports. That's right. So please make me more whoopie pies. That's what I need. And then we'll we'll have to come up with initiatives to keep them playing and keep them from getting juvenile diabetes and all. You know, it's it's a vicious cycle. It really is, yeah, juvenile. Or they'll do the fundraiser with the pizza crust. That's my favorite. That's the the healthy one. Or they do it with the chocolates. That's even better. That's a good one. Or the bucket of dough when you make your own cookies. You know, good stuff. I was going to say Boy Scouts, but you can't say that anymore. At least the Scouts are only selling popcorn. That's fairly uh, fairly good as far as, you know. Girl Scout cookies. Dietary. Dietary. Yeah, they, the Girl Scouts sell cookies. That's, <laughs> that's not good. Maybe the Thin Mints are not as bad as some of the other ones. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. They, they go down easy. Flea, it, it becomes yeah. a problem. Oh, man. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with, I agree with all that. That's all. That's all good. So well, time to panic about time to panic about the Celtics yet. No, or, or, no. Yeah, I, they, I, we, I'm of the opinion that the series hasn't started until somebody calls and it hasn't happened yet. So I think we should all yeah. relax. Yeah. I I feel like um I feel like the Celtics did enough last night after basically if you eliminate the the first quarter when they came out like poo. Yeah, like, if you could only throw that out. Like if you could take that and then the eight, the four missed dunks they had, and then the fifteen points that the Cavaliers scored off of their missed dunks and layups, I feel like you've got a basketball game last night, and it's a tough one. So obviously the Celtics are a better team at home. I think they'll come home. I think they'll win. I think it'll be a tough one tomorrow night, but I think they'll win. 
And I see a lot of similarities between this series and the Detroit series in 2008. So I really wouldn't be shocked if they went out and, and won one on the road in game six. LeBron looked, started, looked tired last night. I know he scored 44 and he's a machine. And he can't just keep doing this forever. And he's going to have to carry that team to a win on the road in game five. And I think they showed in the first two games his supporting cast not strong enough to help him win on the road. They can help him win at home, but not on the road. Yeah, it's a big difference, I don't, you know, and this is how it is in, in, in the NBA playoffs. Winning in, winning on the road, to, you know, in any in any uh, in any pro playoff. But uh, it was interesting last night to to watch the reaction, uh, the social media reaction. It was from old timers like me who obviously just from you can tell they watch the NBA like every other year. They watch one game, and they're complaining about the Celtics putting up so many threes, which is all the NBA is these days. And so they, they finally got what they wanted, and then they couldn't make dunks or layups. So, I mean, <laughs> it was, yeah, damn if you do and damn if you don't, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it'll be a different story when they get back home, and uh, you just got to win two more, that's all. Maddie's guaranteed me that the Celtics are going to win, either in six yeah, or seven. I, I, I don't guarantee. I, I, don't trust, I don't trust this whole thing enough. You know, I try to trust this. This whole thing's on the up and up. Well, and it's, you know, the NBA no wants effort to get LeBron into the finals. Hey, absolutely, that's what they want. The NBA. I M- mean, clearly, there's. I mean, okay, clearly the Warriors are going to win the finals in five games anyway, no matter who's there. Um, but you know, there's no no mistaking that uh, there's there's powers in place that would rather have LeBron be the five game victim than you know the Celtics cast of nobody. So do you think the NHL is excited that Vegas is in the finals? No, I, I was just going to, uh, you know, I've wondered about that too. I mean, well, I mean, I'm, they're probably excited on some level, and it's a nice story, but does it really speak to the level of play in the NHL and an expansion team? You know, or, you know, and I don't know, I didn't, I admittedly didn't follow it that closely. I don't know how they stock their roster or anything. I, no. don't, I know, uh, it's become easier in other sports to get competitive quickly, but still, that first year, it used to be you had all cast-offs, and, and it, there was no easy way to, to compete that first year. You were going to take a beating. This is, this is the least amount of people that you could protect on an NHL roster in, in the expansion era. They, yeah. they, I mean, you could protect hardly anybody, and so there are a lot of good players left yeah, available, I mean, so that helped. I, I bet they're going to fix that next you time. You would think that you still wouldn't be able to yeah. generate a lot of star power from that, but you know, absolutely, hockey, hockey playoffs are a funny thing, and they, you know that obviously they perform well in the regular season too. So this is this is this isn't a fly by night thing or, or a Cinderella thing. They they've been they've been good from the get go. So um, I'm pretty sure they didn't yeah. want Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean. <laughs> You know, and I, and I look back at you know, like I said, all the all the other leagues that have done this, and uh, it takes a while. You yes, know, you got to build. You got to build through you know draft picks and and you know free agency and, and things of that nature, and it takes you know two or three years at least to get competitive. I mean, I remember, I guess, in the NFL, what did the Jag was it the second year or the third year the Jaguars and the Panthers got got good really fast, and that was in the nineties, and that seemed weird to me then, but. Uh, it's been a while since you've had a team uh, team that new at that uh, at this point in the this point in the playoffs being a factor in anything. So that's great. By the way, could you predict that uh, 
what Bill Belichick was going to say about Tom Brady? Could you have predicted no. that yesterday? <laughs> and uh, you could also predict the reaction from you know people uh, people on these idiotic talk shows. Oh, this, yes, this is a big deal. No, it's not a big deal. It's not surprising. It's not anything. Please, yeah, Stop making, try to tell Stop me he's not working out, stuff. right? It's not news. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, Bill, you know, both those guys will be around when it matters. And, uh, you know, I, I I, don't want my 41-year-old quarterback showing up in May. I really don't. I want him to go off somewhere and, and wear dumb-looking suits and be on a beach somewhere and hang out with his wife until late July and then show up. Show up in late August if you want. I just, yeah, I just want you physically and mentally ready. I don't, I don't need to see you here to know that you're, you're doing that. I mean, I think I know what kind of character I'm dealing with with Brady. Yeah, he's not going to be going to the beach eating pizza and drinking beer. I mean, we just, know. you know, and he usually, you know, you could talk about he's got to build chemistry with. It. He's doing that on his own most. Of the, how, how many times have we seen, you know, thing footage of him, you know, working with his receivers at his house in the off season? I mean, that stuff still happens. Yeah, I don't. I don't worry about that. I know what he's doing to get ready, and I know what he's doing to get his guys ready. You know, he's not the guy that's going to show up and just you know collect a paycheck. That's obviously not his mo, and it hasn't been. So. And he'll stay after practice if he needs to work with a kid to get him ready. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, exactly. Once once the season's on, he's locked in, and uh, so yeah, it's it's much ado about nothing. But you got to have something. To do. Oh, yeah, that's the NFL's right. uh, the NFL's the twelve year. Twelve-year news, twelve-month news cycle now. It's year-round, and once the draft's over, there's nothing to talk about. So they gotta gotta have something. Well, whatever the show is in N- that uh, ESPN is NFL. Is, I don't know what the name of it is. NFL, NFL something. Live. It's on every day, all year long. It's yeah. nuts. They yeah, they talk it, about this Teddy Bruschi, and you know they have different people on. They've got some regulars every day, all year long. I mean, really? Yeah, you know I. <laughs> talking about the same stuff, just different different people talking about the same stuff. Yeah, I, I, and I I'm I don't pay attention to mock drafts in January. Oh I don't think God. you should pay attention to mock drafts in April, seeing how bad most of them were this year. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't pay attention to any of it. When a sports in season is when I watch, and you know, I'll probably I'll probably start paying the and paying attention to NFL commentary and. Like I said, late July at some point when, when there's actual preseason games uh, happening. Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic down in Kentucky. The man, the myth, the legend. Standing in the rain. Stand, <laughs> standing in the rain. Actually, that's the thing. Went for a it was a sunny game. day. It was a sunny day yesterday. It was, it was beautiful all day. It was a softball game. It was a three inning softball game, fortunately, because if it had gone four innings, it would have been uh, it would have been drenched. But, uh, I want to know. When it rains like that, Callie Sprinkle, do you have an umbrella or do you use the recorder? Oh, it's 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 an umbrella. Okay. <laughs> it's, no recorder. I don't I don't take a lot of notes though. I don't I don't do that anymore because things have changed so much. That's another area where technology is like I don't I don't keep a book. You know, I, we talked about that. I think Game Changer is the best thing ever. You know, just go back and look at that after. So that that's you know, I, I get I get uh, made fun of mercilessly the other day for my one dollar umbrella from Dollar Tree because it was falling <laughs> apart. But uh, just need need a new one of those. But other than that, uh, <clears throat> other than that, I'm playoff ready. Everything else is done here. Uh, you know, the track track it's on Saturday, and uh, lacrosse is done, and uh, tennis is done. Tennis was done Saturday, so baseball and softball all the time here until uh, 
until the run ends in, in the next uh, three weeks. We we finally gotten rid of the snow, so our playoffs haven't quite started yet. So Yeah, I see everybody's kind of cramming and getting ready. Uh, who's good up there? I know Edward Little got off to a good start, but they lost a couple now. Bangor and EL at the top of baseball, yeah. Oxford Hills. Oxford, Oxford Hills beat EL, I think, yesterday, right? Uh, yes, Oxford Hills did beat yeah, EL yesterday, 3-2. Also beat them in softball. Oh. So that was a that was a sweep for the Vikings yesterday. By the way, I did see a sweet old picture of Shane Slicer in a Vikings pinstripe uniform, and I want those to come back. That think, is awesome. I'm sure those will. I'm sure those will turn up now that he's headed into the. Is it the? Is it the well, main that, Hall of Fame? Or? Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I saw it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you know, somebody was digging through, and someone was digging through a shoebox, and there it is. So yeah, that's it was it was well done. So my thought is, you know, hey, let's you know let's get let's get these pinstripe uniforms. He aged gracefully enough that it would be easy and easy to Photoshop his 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 face on any uniform, oh, and yeah. it might look legit. So <laughs> I I agree. I one hundred percent agree. I think you could do that with any of them, right? I think you could totally do that. Calio exchanges us each and every Tuesday. We solve the world's problems in sports and uh, in communities, and and we do what we can. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, and uh, you know, hopefully, no coaches will have to go to Twitter and remind people that they're not leaving next week. We'll see. You. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, man. We'll see you later. Thank you. That is Callie Oaks from the Georgetown News Graphic in Kentucky, joining us on the B list like he does each and every Tuesday here across the NBR Radio Network.